Good morning on this awesome Sunday morning. Oh my word, can you believe it? It's raining in Cape Town in February. Oh my word. But we're so excited. My mother always said, what took her an hour to water the garden? God can do it in a few minutes. Isn't that amazing that we can serve God this morning with greatness and with joy? Welcome to all our Loftal family and every other awesome person that tune in this morning to this broadcast and to this service. At the moment, the service is open for the first time in weeks again. So there's an 8 o'clock service. Right now, there's two 9.30 services, the one that I broadcast and, uh, oh no, there's three of them actually. And uh, the one at Bonnie Bray and the one at our conference center. Then all the 10 o'clock services. So we are moving, even if it's limited attendance, 50 people. <laughs> God knows it takes two people to turn the world upside down. Turn to somebody, say, are you in agreement with me that we can live this great life that God has intended for us to live? Oh my word, we had a phenomenal week with great things that are happening and God is always faithful. Now we speak in the whole of February about it's time to move forward, to get unstuck. <laughs> this morning I want to speak, get out of stuck because stuck is an option that people normally take. And... Uh, we normally, because we, we don't like the unknown, we love to know where we are and what happened, and then there's a possibility that we can get stuck. Now, we must know we have an enemy. There's a real enemy out there. He's a devil. <laughs> That's what the Bible calls him. And he's the enemy of your faith, the enemy of your journey, the enemy of your life. Why? Because you are created in God's image and in God's likeness. And the devil hates you for that. Look at yourself and say, oh, I'm beautiful. I look like God. I act like God. I have the mind of God. <laughs> because when I'm in scripture, I have God's mind. And that's when I discover my word. God only have a good, uh, acceptable and a perfect will for my life. There's no plan B and plan C and plan D. God's got one plan for mankind. Since Genesis chapter 3, God execute that plan by instructing the devil and tell him what his end will be. The seed of the woman will crush your head. Oh, my word. And now we are dealing with a devil who's got brain damage. He's got no teeth. His back is broken on Calvary. Come on, somebody. <laughs> He's out of light. He's the father of darkness, the father of lies. And what he wants to do is to keep you back and to keep you stuck. Now we know if you've been in our meetings and listened to the keys of faith, the enemy works with the speed of a thought. That's why we need to protect our minds. Now, last week, we, we start on the word start. 
and we use S and we say, stop making excuses for not my word starting. There's always a fresh start. Then we, we say there's excuses that we use. Number, the T stands for take stock of what I have. You are valuable. The great I am lives inside of you. 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. Say, I am unstoppable. <laughs> that was one of the best meetings we had last week when I started with the series. I built myself so up and say, oh, my word, I'm like a Caleb. Give me the mountains. We're not going to settle for less as long as there's breath in our body. Come on, fire, the word is like fire in our bones. And when we say the A, A stands for act in faith, then the R, refocus my mind. And the T stands for trust that God knows what he's doing. Now the word of moving forward, get out of stuck, step out of that stuck, <laughs> And it's small steps to a gigantic change that's going to take you in that levels and that dimensions, what God wants you to operate in. You must always remember God never created you and let you be born again to be mediocre. To just say, oh, this is all what life has and life is like a knicker ball. It's hard, but it's sweet and... Oh, this is all what my life is going to end. No, you set the pace that God has a great plan. Abraham, I've called you to be a father of many nations. Abraham had to get unstuck from a system that he was in. He came out of the moon worshippers generation and God said, I have a plan. Baron Abraham, Baron Sarah, nothing happened with them to become fruitful until they get out of stuck. <laughs> Say it's time to get out of where I am stuck into. I've seen how people settle. They've been there. Something terrible happened and then they, they, they get a setback and life slaps them and trample on them. And, and, and now I understand that. Because I've been there. But every time I said, I'm going to get up, I don't know how. <laughs> it's the grace of God. But I'm not going to be end where I am right now. I'm going to be a world changer, a history maker, a planet shaker. By the grace of God, for his kingdom's sake. Not for my own sake. <laughs> because my own sake doesn't carry the guarantee. It's his kingdom's sake. And we have a saying out of the book of Haggai. If I take care of God's business, God will take care of my business. If I take care of God's house, God will take care of my house. If I take care of God's people, God will take care of my people. Hallelujah. And that's why we don't settle in stock. Oh my word. Plan Bartholomeus, he was in a system, a legal beggar, he had a cloak around him. But when he heard that the life changer passed by, Jesus, whoo, hallelujah, he starts shouting, 
Son of David, have mercy on me. And the disciples and everybody start quieting him. Keep quiet, keep quiet. But he was so determined that he needs the Messiah to touch his life. He wants to get unstuck from blindness. And then when he shout out more loud, <laughs> so, so don't keep your voice quiet. Keep on shouting, keep on knocking, keep on asking and it will be open. You will receive and he will hear you. It's not because God is hard of hearing. No, no, no. The enemy tries to tell you and mess with your mind. I have seen this week after last week's messages, people told me, <laughs> they said, I have really come to repentance now. My life really starts now. I'm serving God so long and I've have a made up mind. I'm not going to be stuck where I am in finances, in my businesses, in my sales, in my, my, my marriage, in this relationship. Maybe you're stuck. So in, you need to get out of that so that you can move on with God. And uh, get with people that can add to your life and not subtract from you. My word, are you stuck in an emotional battle, in a physical battle, and, and you're stuck. But it's time to get out of that stuck. Get out of stuck and get your fight back. <laughs> Turn to somebody say, oh, I need to get my fight back. That fight, I've seen people diagnosed with cancer within three weeks. We've buried them. Why? They lost their fight. When the doctors speak their diagnosis or when the bank manager said and the attorneys and they say, you're bankrupt, you're not going to make it. They lose their fight. Sasa is not God's plan for you only. God's got a greater plan. <laughs> Colonel Saunders, Kentucky Fried Parabokis, that's Kentucky Fried Chicken. He retired at the age of, what, 65 with a little pension money. And when he looked at that, he said, oh, my word, nothing is left over of my life. I'm going to commit suicide. He fell in a depression, terrible depression. He wants to commit suicide. And then suddenly he realized, my word, what's going to happen to my family? So with the little money he had, he bought chicken. <laughs> And he borrowed some spices from people and borrowed some more money. And then his first chicken he was frying with a recipe that God gave him was in his kitchen. At the age of 86, he was a multi-billionaire at the age of 86. 65, suicidal. <laughs> That's when every senior people, they are, <laughs> I'm there, but I don't call myself, I call myself recycled youth. That's when they settle for less and think this is all, I've worked my whole life. And the, no, that's not God's idea. And he got his fight back. And when he died, today you eat Kentucky Fried Chicken KFC every Sunday, a bucket, a streetwise too. You know what's a streetwise too? Two chickens were running over the street and a truck hit them. <laughs> no, not really. And uh, you have discovered my word. God has a plan if he can use Kentucky <laughs> to inspire, to get fight back. Remember every time when you eat Kentucky, how it started. Maybe where you are, 
man who was stuck in his life. And, but he made a choice. I'm getting out of stuck by bringing movement, action. Put my faith in action. Give my feet the walk so that what I believe can be possible. Now, now, ladies and gentlemen, and my precious family, if I can get one thing, oh my word, don't settle where you are. That everything, Gary and Diane, that movie thing, started. God's gonna, pro- hear the word of the Lord, God's gonna provide and do it. In G- Come on, real heart, let's do it <laughs> there in Louisiana. Whatever you are, right? Do- you trusting God now for that new business, that thing that you wanna do, do it. Because God's church is a do something people. 2021 is a do something generation that's going to rise up. And it's the do something people that's going to be significant, successful, and high achievers. That's why turn to somebody say, what an introduction to a word this morning. (laughs) Now, maybe you get irritated with me because I'm always so bum, bum, bum. But some people say, oh, when we, uh, here you come, it energizes us to be also (laughs) full of faith and to believe God. (laughs) There's no time, hear the word of the Lord, there's no time to settle where you are. God's divine order, God's alignment is always to take you higher so that you can move in dimensions. Now, You need to identify what you're fighting against. You're not fighting against God. God is for you. He cares for you. He loves you. And I've said it and I said it this week with a family that lost a loved one. I said, there's times in life that you don't hold on to God. You're too weak. You feel you cannot. The battles you face, the mountains you see, but God holds on to you. That makes the difference. When God holds on to you, you're still in a majority. And his word has been given to take us out of stuck into the divine plan, the full plan of God. Now, that's why I say take small steps to a gigantic change. Oh, my word. And it starts right now this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. Because <laughs> you, your welfare, your battle. Now Peter comes and he puts something in writing so powerful. In 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8. Be alert. <laughs> say wake up Susie. Pull somebody's ear and say hey wake up. I know you want to shake the person, a child, a husband, a wife. And, and now do it this morning. I say wake up. Be alert. <laughs> Be sober minded. Wow. Want to speak maybe tonight and be sober minded. Listen why, be alert, be sober-minded, comma, your enemy. They don't say your husband, your wife, your child, the in-laws, the president, the EFF, uh, 
uh, Biden, Trump, or whatever your belief might be, it says, your enemy, the devil, <laughs> the defeated one, the one that was overcome, listen, by the blood of the lamb, <laughs> the word of our testimony, <laughs> the devil never had advantage, he was always, <laughs> listen, demonstrated to be defeated, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like he is not like a roaring lion doing what looking for someone to devour oh my word he's looking for someone to devour paul says for we war not against flesh and blood <laughs> So you are in a spiritual war, but you know the outcome. You have the victory. You have already the word of God, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, your loins girt with truth, the shoes for the preparation of the gospel. You cannot let any, and prayer, you cannot be with any, uh, out of any of those armor of God because we war not against flesh and blood Ephesians chapter 6 but against principalities powers forces of darkness actually fallen angels <laughs> angels without a portfolio Satan without a kingdom he tries to invade your space, that his kingdom that he think he has wants to <laughs> manipulate and dictate and overrule you by putting systems and lockdowns and scares with COVID and pneumonia and cancer and all this junk what we need to get out of our trunk. Now, you say, Gustav, uh, no, 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 the Bible says don't be ignorant of his devices. Because why? He knows that you and I need to be co-laborers with God. Not myself. Because in the relationship with God, three things die. It's like a couple, every couple that I married, I said, there's something dying today at this altar where you do your vows. The I... The me and myself, the evil trinity that most people belong to. Self-centered. It's all about I, this, uh, I feel, this, I feel, I, my and myself. No, no. That's why Paul comes and he addresses us in the book of Corinthians. Oh, my word, I'm so pumped up. Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11. He says, in order that Satan might not outwit us. What must do? Might not outwit us. For we are not unaware of his schemes. <laughs> We're not unaware of his schemes. <laughs> but the, 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 the other scripture says, we are not ignorant of his devices 
the other translation says, it's so powerful, it says that Satan will not have advantage or can no longer take advantage would be taken off us by Satan. Oh, my word. The other one says, to keep Satan from getting the advantage over us. In other words, here it's very prominent that my word, Satan, God's word has been given so that Satan, you will not step on the booby trap and Satan's landmines or fell in the quicksand of Satan or be detoured by him. That's why I need the word. He says, be alert. Be sober-minded. <laughs> Have the mind of God. Because your enemy, the devil, prowls. He is not a lion. Don't say the devil is a No, I love lions. And I've got a lion ring and a lion necklace. And I've got lion molds that I've made <laughs> for soap. And I, I, I like lions. But listen, the devil is not a lion. He prowls around like a roaring lion. And he seems whom he can devour. So what his roar is, is fear, doubt, unbelief, show you your circumstances. You feel not worthy, inadequate. You, 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 you start tormenting and, oh my word, uh, punishing yourself by all the wrong mistakes you've made. Stop that right now in Jesus' name. Don't let the past poison your future. If you made that mistake, then say, it stops right now because I am <laughs> the vessel of God, the temple of the Holy Ghost. Oh, my word. <laughs> this is so important. Because, listen, for the next few minutes, if you want to experience blessings, the fullness of what God has for you, what Jesus already paid for, it's paid for, it's done. You need to, you have to embrace belief. If you want to experience reward, you have to embrace risks. That's why a lot of people are in financial damages and trouble and during this time and, and, and my word, they're going through hard times. And now the enemy doesn't want you to take the faith risk by become a generous sower, a giver. I've learned this in my life. When I face challenges and obstacles, you know it's okay if it's a 10 rand and a 20 rand, but if it's hundreds of thousands, what you need to face and put up a fence and all this stuff and buildings and my word. What I have to do in my life is, if I want to experience rewards, given it shall be given, the reward. Bring the tithe and offering and see and test me if I will not open the floodgates of heaven. The reward. I will rebuke the enemy. The reward. Nations will call you happy. That's the reward. Honor God with your first fruits and with your substance. Listen, your vats will overflow with new wine and your barns shall be filled with plenty. The reward. The reward. If you want to experience God's reward, you must take a risk. <laughs> 
the widow of Serapath had the flour and the oil, one meal, one meal. The Bible says one king, seven, one meal left over. Maybe you have one meal. <laughs> and the prophet said, bake me a cake. She said, as true as the Lord your God, I have a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. He said, hear the word of the Lord. If you bring that cake, if you take the risk, the oil and the flour will not diminish. So she stood between comfort in her calamity. And that's how we sometimes get stuck. Life slap you and, get, and then because you're afraid and you become comfortable with your pain and with your negativity, it becomes a comfortable place, even if it's a bad place. But she had to take the risk to get unstuck, get out of stuck by believing God's word above her feeling, her emotion, what her natural eyes see, all the depths of the famine and the little flour, little oil, and all the negativity, there's coming another famine, and here's another man that's on my list. And she had to take that risk. Whoa! <laughs> I feel the word of God is like a hammer crushing a rock in somebody's mind now. And when she took the risk, God didn't just stop, and she gets stuck. He gave her an oil mill, <laughs> an oil well, a grain mill in her kitchen. The oil and the flour did not diminish until the famine was over three and a half years. Now that is the reward for taking the risk. If you want to experience moving forward to be unstuck, you have to embrace Change. And isn't that a word we hate in our Afrikaans and religious culture? We don't like change. Oh, we've done it. John G. Lake did it. Three fast, one, two slow ones. That songs. Now we're just going to do it. No, we Afrikaans. We don't speak English, but you watch English television. That amazes me. When we start with the English services, I had Afrikaans people say, I'm going out. I'm an Afrikaner. I don't want to sing this English songs. I just want to sing Mark My Loss. Yeah, Jesus, Mark My Loss. And and, and the, the Salvan Hanawifa Bay and <laughs> all these stuff. And they left. But one day I visited them. They were watching Dog Box. What is that? Dog Box. <laughs> Days of Our Lives. All the English programs. <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> oh my word. And I said, how does this work? You watch English but you're angry with me that we're going to preach and sing English. And you left the ministry. Now ask me, where are they today? Sad to say, nowhere. Because people hate change. We live in a dimension, 21st century of technology. Now, I wasn't born in technology. I, wasn't, I was born when FM radio was there in 1956. Television came in 19, I think, 74. We have to adapt. And then the church preached and say, don't get a television. It's the blue eye monster. The government see everything. There's a lens there. And oh, my word, all these junk. Today we have laptops and computers and cell phones and technology go on and on and on. We hate change. My word. But change to get unstuck. And to move in great dimensions of God, 
means I need to change so that God can manifest greatness through me. And that's when John the Baptist says, I must get less so that he can get more, become more in and through me. Now, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, New Living Translation, and from the time of John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. Hallelujah. For you to advance and let his kingdom come, it's going to take a violence, a spiritual violence. <laughs> you need to have that determination. Say, I have the mind of a winner, the spirit of a champion. I have an overcoming mentality in me. I am not going to settle for less. I'm moving higher in the dimensions of God. That's why people hate goal setting. Where do you see yourself in the next three weeks? If I don't change of what I heard last week, I am stuck. Because if I change, I grow. What is the sign that I'm stucking and I'm not growing? Listen, I don't change. I need to change more and more in his image. And people say, oh, now I have a word from God to leave the local church. No, Jesus himself went to church. <laughs> that's your idea. That's not God's idea. You can only bloom where God has planted you. Be planted in the house of the Lord. That's very important. 72% of people, the stats showed over America that people will not go back to the local church after the lockdown. They feel I can serve God now on my own. It was a set of Satan to create an independent spirit, give you slaps, low blows, be not kind to you, life, and now you're angry actually with God and angry with the pastor and angry with people. And that's the trap of Satan to get you out of fellowship so that you, you need, we need each other. The three, four things you need, a model. Jesus, the perfect model. Where did his parents found him at the age of 12? In the temple, teaching. <laughs> and they were angry. He said, what is your problem? Don't you know I'm busy with my father's business? <laughs> Joseph was a carpenter. He was talking about his heavenly father. Where did Jesus teach? Where did he open the scripture? In the synagogue. Where did the disciples go? In Acts chapter 2, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, they were daily in the temple. Don't give me that garbage and penny baloney. Christ is the head of the local church. <laughs> That's a powerful message to preach. I don't know why. It's not in my notes. When John was on Patmos the day and he heard the voice, they first boiled him in oil to kill him. He didn't die after boiling in oil. They banned him to the island of Patmos, Revelation chapter 1, Revelation chapter 2. He heard a voice. He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. He didn't say, where are you, God? Why did you allow this? Why did it happen to me? No, when you say yes to Jesus, you'll even be a martyr for his name. 
and it's not God against you, it's Satan tries to stop you in your tracks with your potential, your ability, your capacity that God created you and pour out inside of you. Listen. And he said, I heard a voice. <laughs> and I turned, I felt like somebody dead. And then the voice said, stand up. And I turned around to see what voice. And then when he turned around and he saw first the seven golden candlesticks. Then he saw someone as the son of man walking amongst. So what was the seven candlesticks? Revelation tells us that the seven local congregation churches in Ephesus, Laodicea, Philadelphia, all, all that places that they, Smyrna, <laughs> he said, so he, he said, write to the angel of the church because the seven candlesticks are the local churches, the seven churches in Asia. <laughs> the angel are the pastor, the leader of that church. Don't give me that nonsense. The devil wants you to dismantle that relationship where you are part of the body of Christ and part of that local, first the local church. You must have a revelation of the local church to have the fullness of Jesus. To have the fullness of the revelation of the local church, you must have the revelation of Jesus. You can never separate the two because Christ is the head. Maybe it helps somebody to understand something. But listen to this. To move forward means keep going until you reach the destination what God has planned. God wants us, that's God's desire, His purpose, His plan, to fully manifest on this earth our full potential, full capability, and our full self, that He, what He is inside of us. God needs a physical body to manifest His glory through. <laughs> that's why Satan also needs a body and uh, when Jesus wants to cast them, all the de legion of demons out of the man of, the crazy man of Gadarene, the devils begged him to cast him, them into the swine, the pigs. <laughs> the pigs didn't want the devils. Now, I, never, I normally say that many years ago. I said, some people are worse than pigs. Now, please forgive me that I'm saying this. I said, because the swine, the pigs, didn't want the devils. They drowned themselves, but a lot of people walk with devils. <laughs> oh my they, 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 they don't do witchcraft, but they operate in that. And that must stop in the name of Jesus. <laughs> so that you can be the fullness. What God wants to manifest through you to show this lost and the dying world what the true love of Christ is and what does it mean to live a resurrected life in Jesus but it's going to cost us the message of the hour is to get unstuck where you are God needs your feet to preach the gospel to go he needs your hands you will lay your hands on the sick you will cast out devils you will raise the dead 
He needs your voice. How will they know if somebody doesn't preach? You have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. A two-edged sword went out of your mouth, says the psalmist. God needs your whole body. Body, soul, spirit. That's why the attorney asked Jesus, What's the greatest commandment? He said, Love the Lord your God with all of your mind. So God needs all of your mind. All of your soul. All of your heart. He needs all of your heart. All of your mind. And with all of your strength, God needs you to be a go-do a person that will not be stuck, but just fold arms and say, oh, God, well, if it's God's will, then no, God needs you. You set the pace to move on the face of the earth. The whole world is stuck. They got stuck through one message, coronavirus, 19 COVID, whatever it may be. And the whole world, God is the message of the hour to get you unstuck. You have overcome. You are more powerful. You're not going to be defeated. And even if you die, you die more than a champion. Oh, you die as a conqueror. Come on, somebody. Don't settle for less and operate in the sphere dimensions. Operate with the power and the presence of God. Oh, my word. Because he loves you. You were chosen that he can do it through you. Ephesians 2.10, New Living Translation. For we are God's masterpiece. I do artwork at times and paint. And I have a table mountain with clouds and rocks. Maybe I'll just show it tonight. That's my masterpiece. And I'm proud of it. I've made many duplicates paint. The same thing, but it was never where I put birds up, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and clouds, and all kinds of stuff. But listen, the Bible says, For we are, that will be, those in Christ, because you already gave your heart in the book of Ephesians, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So that we, why are we born again? Just to make heaven. Nope. So that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Good things. The good things is the gospel, the power of God. Go and make disciples of all nations. Matthew chapter 4 verse 19 amplified Follow me as my disciples. Let me direct and control your life. And I will make you fishers of men. That's the good works. <laughs> Listen. Oh, my word. This is so powerful. What Ephesians 2 is saying, it's a moving forward. Turn to somebody say, moving forward. When blind Bartholomeus heard Jesus, and then Jesus stopped after he shouted, and he said, call them. The same people that tried to hinder blind Bartholomeus was given the instruction to fetch him. Now, this is what blind Bartholomeus, he was stuck in blindness. He stood up, threw off that cloak. It's time to throw off. What actually tries to give you an identity of defeated, no hope, of orphan, a slave, you're no longer a slave, 
you hopeless, you bankrupt, you're gonna die of sickness, you have no, your ministry came to, no! Throw off that cloak, what the system tries to identify you. He stood up, came by Jesus, and Jesus said, what do you want me to do? Master, restore my sight. Listen what Jesus said. See, see be restored. Your faith has made you whole. What blindness are you battling with today? It's time to get up. The master is here. He's calling you. Throw off that cloak. Manifest it. I'm a manifest. Manifester, throw it off. Say, I throw off this cloak of unhappiness enough where I'm stuck in now for years and stuck in the last year and 12 months and the last few months. I threw it off this morning because the master called me and he asked me, what does he, what do I want him to do for me? And tell him what he must do. And his words will be, you are restored. You can see your needs are met. I'm healing you according to your faith. The level of your revelation will be the level of your operation. Listen, move forward. Means to walk with God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9. Now there's no other way. The reason people got stuck, God was moving on and they stopped moving with God. Did you hear what I just said? God was moving on because the word of God is a progressive word. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is alive, energizing, an active word that works on the inside of me. God is moving. God's not going to alter his plan. To fit me, I need to change to fit in God's plan. This is part of God's plan. Listen what Paul says here. Oh, my word. He says, for we are God's fellow workers, co-laborers. You are what? Fellow workers. We work with God, hand in hand with God. As God do, I'm doing it. He says, for we are, not will be. We are. It's a dumb deal. Since you accept Jesus, we are <laughs> God's, listen, fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Can you understand what you are? He didn't say you're defeated. You're hopeless. You're never going to make it. You, you're terrible. You are a horrible person. No! He said we are God's fellow workers, his co-laborers. Only one way, people. Only one way. Only one way, South Africa. The reason that the church didn't impact the nation and the nations of the world. By word, we are more than three billion Christians on the face of the earth. 70 or 85 percent says the stats, we are Christians in South Africa. Why don't we come against crime and against all this nonsense? Because we move in a system of carrying a label of being a Christian. You know what the word Christian means? Not I just believe in Jesus. 
to be Christ-like. Christ-like. That's the word. We are his co-laborers, his fellow workers. You are his building. You are God's field. So he, he is working, planting, that we can be fruitful and move forward. He says, you are God's building. Galatians chapter 4, 6, NIV. Because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba Father. Did you just hear? You are co-laborer with God. You are a, a, what did we say? A fellow worker with God. You are his field, God's field that needs to be plowed and become fruitful. You are God's building. He's building us. You are the temple. He's the dwelling place. That's what you are. And then Paul says, because you are his sons, because you are that. His co-laborer, his fellow worker, his field, his building. You are his son, his daughter. Come on, people. The enemy wants to belittle you, give you a crooked identity. That's why you need a model. You need a mentor. Because who mentors you, your mentor needs to be follow the model Jesus. And you need followers, disciples, and friends. He says, because God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. Oh, let me stop. Let, 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 let me just come to a stop and give you the word. Be alert. Be sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's after the person who has a made-up mind. He wants your mind to be influenced. He wants your mind to become negative. He wants you to settle for less and no longer be a co-laborer with God. God moved on and you are steps behind. It's time to catch up with God by repenting. God, forgive me for being so concentrated on my problems. You are a problem solver. You are a miracle worker. You are my God. You are my God. Buddhists cannot say that. <laughs> Muslims cannot say because God is something in theory. is not a reality in our hearts. Listen. And that's why I want to give you what will hinder me to make this quality decision today. The hindrances to this greatness. Why we have discovered you are, my word, God's workmanship. He created you for such a phenomenal thing. And I want to, because the word moving forward is to advance in position or progress. Now the obstacles or the things that will hinder us to move forward, that can keep you stuck, that wants you to toss in the towel and give up, that the hindrance in you to move forward 
is that thing that we need to first understand. We are God's masterpiece. Masterpiece. The apple of his eye, the most important part of the body. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So you are daily renewing your body. Every, what's it, seven days they say cells. And that's why the number seven is so important. He says, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So your qualification, I didn't say your university degree. I have a PhD from the Southern University in the U.S. And I have discovered when revival hit our church in, uh, what's it, May and June the 5th, 2013, PhD stands then for permanent head, head damage or part-time head damage. My identity is not in my qualification. My identity is in Christ. It's not in my title. But as a title, you carry a bigger title than apostle, prophet, teacher. That all flows out of what I'm saying. You are his ambassador. You are Christ, God's ambassador. You are his representative on the face of the earth. You are handpicked and called to advance his heavenly kingdom on this earth. Come on, somebody. We are to establish his kingdom, not the kingdom of the darkness, the kingdom of light that you are in. Do you hear what the spirit of the Lord wants to say? I prayed this morning, use my lips. If I can just get one person to get unstuck and change the world, my word. Like a John Knox, grab his hair and say, give me Scotland or let me die. And a revival happened in Scotland. If just one person this morning with me <laughs> can cry out for South Africa, cry out for the Western Cape, cry out for the nations, just one person can get unstuck. You can move in dimensions because God needs an earthen vessel to flow through. To do mighty exploits. Oh my word, I get very emotional at this part. Because I understand grace. I understand forgiveness. I understand what it means to beat the system of re religion. And to beat natural laws that doesn't apply in spiritual dimensions. I understand that. You are greater what you think because he lives inside of you. Let me, let me get to this thing. Paul said something so profound. He says, I have not been disobedient. Acts chapter 26 verse 19. Where, he said, I have not been disobedient to the vision God gave me. I was not disobedient. What's that vision? To win the lost, to let his kingdom come, to manifest the greatness and the goodness of God, to put us on display as his showcase that Satan is defeated and you called, listen, to occupy, to rule and reign on the face of the earth, not the devil and his kingdom. Did you hear that? My word. That's why Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, 
Maybe you've lost vision of life and you got stuck. Solomon says the people perish. I, I made up paraphrase that. I said, where there's no vision, when you get stuck and you don't move forward, you are in a calamity where the thief comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. Now, the enemy doesn't want, he wants to blur. He wants to spiritual blind you by problems and your water bill is bigger and your electricity bill than what the money in your bank is. Your, your, the, the, the lack you have is more and your debt than what you have and what you earn. All those things blurs you not to see God's vision. Now, when there's no vision, an unclear vision always leads to indecision. That's what James 1.8 says, double-minded people can't make up their mind. They waver back and forth in everything they do. Double-minded. God wants you single-minded. It leads to division. Proverbs 28 verse 2, the message translation. When a country is in chaos, everybody has a plan to fix it. But it takes a leader, a leader. You are a leader of leaders. Well, Gustavo, you are a leader of leaders. Proverbs says, but it takes a leader of real understanding to straighten things out. The world needs you to manifest God, his wisdom, his understanding, and his kingdom. Ooh, My word. I hear the Spirit of the Lord said, the enemy is after the identity of his church and his people to make them slaves, orphans, hirelings, wolves. Come on, people. And the, the enemy doesn't want them to be shepherds of the flock, disciple makers. Mighty Jesus, we help you. Forgive us, Lord. Where there's unclear vision, it leads to indecision, leads to division, and it leads to collusion. Timothy 1.19, good word, translation. Some have refused to let their faith guide their conscience, and their faith has been destroyed like a wrecked ship. That's why the strategy of the enemy, and Gustav, how does he do these things? I'm going to keep, just name them. Maybe we broaden tonight better over them because remember, be sober and alert and sober-minded. Number one, barriers that he built up and real and symbolic barriers can pose as hindrance for us to move out of stock or move on a forward. Remember the Hebrew children had the Red Sea, then they complained. Then when they in the city, the wall of Jericho became their uh, barrier again. Uh, Lazarus' sisters said, if you were here, he wouldn't be dead. Jesus said, I am the resurrection of life. And she thought about one day, because the stone at Lazarus' tomb was a barrier for the sisters. And Jesus said, roll away the stone. 
And he said, Lazarus, come forth. He didn't say just come forth, then every dead person will come out. He said, Lazarus, come forth. <laughs> Several gates shut against Peter in prison. But when the people start to pray, there was an earthquake. <laughs> and the angel was there and took Peter out of his cuffs and bondages and lead him out. <laughs> Peter saw it was a hindrance. Paul and Silas in the middle of the prison, by word in the block, hands and feet in an uncomfortable position. But when they start singing and praying at midnight, the earthquake again, God looks me works with earthquakes. And they came out of the prison that even the warden said, what must I do to be saved? My God, what's there this morning that you're staring? Maybe you in covert diagnosis. Maybe you face a challenge of lack and financial problems and family problems and marriage problems and you're so stuck you cannot see the light listen it's a barrier that God wants you to break out and it starts with a choice maybe you're stuck in between places the promise and the manifestation you're stuck in between and it looks horrible you hit maybe a cul-de-sac and you feel this is a dead end in my life. No, no. Just look on the right or left-hand side. You will see the escape route. A new door is opening. Jesus, the door. He said, I open for you a new door. Hear the word, a new door, a new door. I sat in a meeting. I mentioned it at Rayma in the Portuguese hall and Dad Hagen in the Rayma conference and a man lost everything, a Jewish businessman. And they did the offering and he, he had no money. He only had a very expensive golden watch and he took off the watch. He was convicted and so it. He understand if I sow nothing, I'll have seasons of nothing. So he had to sow something, name his seed. And in a few days, somebody phoned him and offered him a watchmaker business. He didn't have money. He said, now you can pay me off. And he became a multimillionaire. Years ago, that's in the 70s through that. You see, God's got a way how he got you unstuck from where you are. I know of a family, they stopped me when they exit the church and on the gravel road that time when we was driving over the railway track at LWPC and he said, if you don't give me 10 bucks now, I'm going to be stuck with our diesel. And I gave him a word of the Lord. I said, hear the word of God. God is changing your thing in the next 12 to 24 hours you will be a complete changed person. Gave him the 10 bucks. That night they went to sleep bankrupt. They're going to lose everything. Next morning woke up. Walking Criscoll Avenue in Belleville. Saw a furniture store. And his wife said, let's go in there. He said, what, what for? We don't have money. We don't need furniture. They went in. When they went in, the owner said, are you the couple that God is sending today to take over my business tonight? <laughs> They said, sir, we don't even have money for bread. I, said, I don't ask if you have money. My children doesn't want it. 
Be here at five o'clock when I close the doors. The man didn't know them from a bar of soap, but they followed God. God has a plan to get you unstuck. Five o'clock they were there. They took the keys. They paid that man as they went on. The first month they had a hundred thousand rand turnover, the best that company did, or that business did, that little secondhand store. Later on, they had a second business, then a third business. They become so wealthy. When they bought cars, they don't go to the dealership. They phone them and say, bring the car here. And then they choose the car out of nothing with a 10 rand request. Why do I share this with somebody? God wants you to see the bigger picture. Second thing, doubt, doubt. Doubt. The word of God is yea and amen. Many times we doubt his words under such circumstances. And it's difficult for us to move forward. In John chapter 20, and I think I'm going to close. I feel the spirit of the Lord. See, and minister to people. It's more we continue tonight. Verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Enemies, was not with them when Jesus came, Jesus resurrected. The other disciples therefore said unto him, unto Thomas, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my fingers into the wounds, or the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And we know the story. Jesus appeared to him and he said, bring your finger. And then Thomas, doubt Thomas, became a believing Thomas. He said, my Lord and my God, my doubt will believe you from every good word that proceeds out of the mouth, every good scripture that comes out of the Bible, every prophetic word you carry. Doubt will rob you from that. Because, listen, if you are still doubting a promise of God for you, I have good news this morning from the Bible for you. In Jude chapter 1, 22 says, And have mercy on those who doubt. What barriers are keeping you away? Doubt. Doubt. The third one is unbelief. And let me just say this and then we're going to pray. God treat unbelief to his word as a greater insult to his person and his name. Did you just hear what I said? God treats unbelief to his word, to his promises, his love for you as a greater insult to his person and his name. Can I give you the scripture? Matthew thirteen fifty four. And when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue in so much that they were astonished and said, Whence had this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this, there's a twist now, I spoke on this during the week, Jesus want to give them something they need, but something inside of them kept Jesus of doing that. He says, 
and the, <laughs> oh my word, is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then have this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Wow. Unbelief. Listen. Sadly, that community couldn't get unstuck or move forward with sickness and disease were hindering to progress while Jesus wants to do it. And the Bible says Jesus couldn't do their any works because of their unbelief. Now this morning, if we can begin at a starting point, Gustav, where do I start? Your biggest problem is not the devil. You need to have the word. It's the devices that we don't need to be ignorant, be alert. Have the mind of God. So where do I start? By making my mind up in the midst of what you feel right now. You're not going to settle where you are right now. It starts with a choice. A choice activates the principle. The principle catapults you in the promise. The promise, listen, will let you stand out and not blend in. Because the work that God wants to do for you on the Sunday 14th of February is the suddenly, <laughs> the suddenlies of God. God doesn't need seasons to bring a miracle. Was it in John chapter 2 where he did the miracle at the wedding, where he turned water into wine? What was the instruction of his mother? Just what he tells you to do, do it. So the instruction this morning is just what the word tells you to do it. And as the donkey of Jesus, you know, <laughs> William heard the donkey speak. I'm here, just what the word tells you to do, do it. And he said, fill up the containers. He start praying, dish it out, and it turned into wine. Wine doesn't happen in seconds, it becomes juice, goes through a fermentation process. How older the wine, how better. But the wine was so good when the, the guy who's the, the host of the wedding, he said, my word, where does this wine come from? Normally, they first put up the good wine and when the people are drunk, they give the bad wine. But they first gave us the bad wine. This wine is good. God changed it. It was a climate change, not the process. God turns your process in a split of a second when you can believe because faith is always now. The prayer I want to pray with you and stand with you, and I'm speaking out of my own life experiences by the grace of God. I know what it is. You face challenges, battles, 7.2 million a year. Now it's, of course, higher. I know what it is. 
But I've seen the faithfulness of God. I had to choose between comfort, sit where I am, or take the risk. On the 25th of October, 1993, in the main road of Seapoint, in the Arthur Seed Hotel parking lot, Nikki van Avestaisen preached that Sunday. We had a conference and the lame walk and the cripple walk and people were healed, healed of yuppie flu and the blind saw and miracles happened and we decided he's coming back the next weekend. And that Monday morning, he phoned me, he said, come. God spoke to him at the foot of Table Mountain and I gave him my car to drive back. New Master 323. And no, 626. The 323 is a Tarzan car. <laughs> 323. <laughs> and in that Arthur Seed Hotel parking lot, he told me four things that needs to happen. It's coming a black president. I said, Nikki, impossible. It happened. He said, big names will disappear from the scene. God's not going to share his glory with no person. Start in South Africa. Will go all over the world. I've seen that happen. Said the third thing, God's going to use the rejects in the end time and all the generation and all the senior ministers that was written off by the church. God's going to raise them up as the wisdom. The young people will be the energy. And I knew there was hope for me when he said God's going to use the, <laughs> the rejects in the end time. I've seen that. And the fourth thing he said, Gustafi, the Lord said you need to choose today. You can have a normal church and just carry on as you carry on and retire at 60 and be a normal pastor. Or the Lord said, you can be a world changer, a community changer, a history maker and impact nations of the world. With no hope, no money, no self-confidence, went through the biggest battles because at that time the church world were fighting me because I allowed Nikki to come and preach after his divorce and remarried with Linda. And uh, I went through stuff. But that day I raised my hands in front of the Arthur Seat Hotel in the parking lot. And Nikki laid his hands on me. And I said, God, help me. I refuse to be just a normal Depressed, oppressed, just going around the mountain, Pastor. I want to see so many lives change and people impact. And I want to be a world changer one day. It started that day. Was it easy? No, it was battles, fighting. I can tell you. My, my granddaughter is in the uh, actress in the movie stuff and TV programs and whatever. And there's going to be a movie in the circuit coming up. She gave me the name last night, what she plays in. And she and my other granddaughter said, make an appointment. Opa, we want to do a movie of your life. I said, that's going to be a horror movie if I start telling my stories. But let me help you. That day I made that choice. By the grace of God, I had to make the choice the first step. A few hours later, I got a phone call. That same Nicky and his wife. With Danny Slubbert and their daughter were in a car wreck 13, 14 kilometers the side of Swellendam. And both of them were instantly killed. The next day they were in my morgue. I was in the funeral business at that time at funeral homes. I can tell you the torment, the stuff. But I've learned this. 
You don't need to settle where you are. You cannot live in the past. The past carries the ability to poison the future. You cannot stay in 1950, 1970, in 2019, 2020. You cannot stay in February the 13th of 2021. It's a new day, and this day is going to pass. You need to move on. Get unstuck from where you are. You say, Jesus, here I am. I deal this morning, and I let go of unbelief, of doubt. And I'm not going to let circumstances be a barrier to the greatness God has. I'm willing to take the risk. If you want to get unstuck financially and business-wise, I'm telling you, I've learned God is the only source. And it's amazing what God can do. He's Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Be faithful and obedient. Start speaking what God is saying. Put your feet in action. God can have your mind and maybe your heart, but if he doesn't have your feet, you're not dressed well. The feet to preach the gospel, to get sinners saved. That's the thing. The problem in the modern church right now, people don't believe anymore in getting people saved and make disciples. They say, no, God has already planned who's going to be saved. Baloney! He wants everybody to be saved. Although people make the choice, hell or heaven, but he wants you. That's the only thing you take in eternity is people. And if you're that person to say this morning, I'm getting out of stock. I'm taking the risk. I'm no longer going to sit in this comfort hole. I'm going to be planted in the house of the Lord. I'm going to be everything God wants me to be. So that when I take care of God's business, God will take care of my business. When I take care of God's house, God's going to take care of my house. If I take care of God's people, God's going to take care of my people. If you're that person this morning, pray, say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the word of God that we, not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. He walks around, but he's not going to touch me because I stay in fellowship. I stay in community. I understand where there's a team, there's conquest. One will set a thousand to flee by two, ten thousand. Lord, I have a made up mind this morning. I'm coming out, I'm coming out, I'm coming out. I'm getting unstuck. And I'm moving forward as a vessel of honor. From this day on, I'm not going to do it my way or assist. I'm going to do it God's way. I am a co-laborer with God. God, I need you to take my hand and you've already got it. That we can walk together in agreement. Can to walk together if they don't agree. And we're going to agree, Lord, and do mighty exploits for you in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I'm willing to change I'm willing to change. First, change my mind to the word of God so that everything else can change and I can grow into maturity. And I thank you for that. I repent for allowing the enemy to come with his devices and his thoughts and where I did not protect my mind, where I moved with circumstance. I repent of that. I want to keep you first. You are the first, the most important in rank, in position, in everything. And from this day on, I'll serve you with every fiber of my being. Father, I thank you right now.
Oh, my word. You know what God just told me? I've got a Land Rover. 1999. Johann Gustain, if you watch, it's yours. You can come and fetch it. Get the papers, get the key. I had it in the market for sale, but the Lord just spoke to me and said, I must give it to you, Anna. Oh, my word. Baka Jesus. Oh, my word. I've, we've given away with this vehicle 35 vehicles. I don't know why God just, oh, my word. I first tried to fight the thought, and then the Lord said, do it right now. Thank you, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you're a sinner and you don't know Jesus, it's not about stuff. This morning, call upon the name of the Lord. Oh, Jesus, forgive me my sin. Wash me in the blood and cleanse me. I thank you, Lord. Your word says, if I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth, I will be saved. And from this day on, I call upon the name of the Lord. I'm going to serve you, Jesus. And I thank you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you need a miracle financial breakthrough, declare the word over you. Wow. In Jesus' name. That's the miracles to get you unstuck. To move in dimensions you've never been in before. To stop the toy from Loftal International. What honor to serve you this morning. Tonight, 6 p.m. We're going to be up again. And what God's going to do is nobody's business. He always surprises us. We love you and you're phenomenal. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Until tonight. <laughs>